Hi everyone, welcome to episode 5 of season 2 of Operation Doctor. This is a special episode in lieu of Med School July and we have a very special guest here with us today. Um, so Shiksha, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, yeah. Hi, uh, my name is Shiksha Guru and um, I was in the Bastard of 2021 and at the moment I'm uh, the University of St. Andrews and I'm studying medicine. I was a part of the med club as well. I was the deputy head for marketing for the fundraiser. Had fun doing it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm there in St. Andrews now, which is in Scotland. Wow. So thank you so much for being a part of our podcast today. No, um, so I'll begin with our first um, question. So how do we decide whether medicine is the right course for us? How did you decide? Uh, my decision process and what it should be are different things. Uh, so when you're deciding on whether you want to do medicine or not, I feel like you could be quite practical. Um, thing is, I have heard quite, I mean, several, uh, not several, few people have approached me uh, on, and I have cousins as well who are trying to do, um, they want to become doctors, you know, they want to be involved in medicine. And I, personally, I believe that if you want to do medicine then you need to be practical about it obviously there's the science part and there's the humanity part and there's the you want to do good to people but that's i think that's for everyone that's um science is one good interest fine humanity is one good interest but i think you need to be practical would you be able to take the workload are you willing to be um treated in a certain way because you start from the bottom and you know it's when you it's you not being a quitter that finally leads because medical students buy it's like when you start you start from the bottom of the barrel and you need to be okay with being treated like that and only when you're at the top will you be really the doctors we see on tv or whatever so i think it really comes uh from you you kind of have to be practical about it you need to it's uh, i think it's because uh, i've heard a lot of people they like science and they like uh you know helping people and that's why they want to be doctors and that's a brilliant thing but you need to be practical about it if you're scared of blood or if you're scared um if you're scared of um you think you start panicking in an emergency situation then in, in personally you, you might have to you know think about it again because that is what you would be dealing with primarily <laughs> at least during your training years if not during your specialty years so I think if you want to when you're deciding to take med- it's a pretty long process like you really have to think um, am I ready for this It's although it's not it's I don't want to say it's such a big deal because it's medicine, but you know you have to think about it because you're dealing with people's lives uh, at some point, and you, you you want to be careful. When you go to medical school, you don't want to quit, so you have to quite a few things. When I was deciding, my decision process was horrible um, because for me, I initially my process, my thought process wasn't. I didn't start off with wanting to be a doctor. My starting was. Um, I think psychology or psychiatrist. Um, one, I had a few things in my mind. Actually, I didn't want to do a nine-to-five desk job. I didn't, and I had a thing in my mind. I didn't want to be an engineer. So, um, with those notions, and I didn't want a desk job because I got, I, I get bored fast and I get restless fast. I needed something to be. Uh, I needed to walk a lot, or I needed to, you know, 
sort of be on my feet more if possible um and i had i always had a service factor my uh, i i was obsessed with helping people even if i didn't get money out of it um to a hazardous extent honestly it's not a good thing so my process was very it was quite i think chaotic while we were deciding whether i should do medicine or not mine was um i got attracted to the profession i mean i always knew i liked science and i love the humanity part um and i'm not scared of blood i'm not scared of um, cutting things i'm not scared of the practical aspect which you will get into in your first year itself actually so my process was rather chaotic mine was initially i want to be something else and then i decided oh no wait never mind i'll just go ahead with medicine because I don't want to sit. I want to, and uh, money wasn't. It was, I'm so sorry. It's a chaotic answer because the process itself was so chaotic. I decided quite last minute as well that I wanted to do medicine. So it was very. It uh, it was, yeah. It was very like that. I mean, I hope this gives hope to the people out there who are still pretty undecided in IB or one, uh, beginning IB or one, who are who think that they want to do medicine but are not too sure. It's okay. I did that too. Oh my god. I can totally relate. I'm going to the same thing right now. I mean, I mean <laughs> too. <laughs> so That's yeah. All right. <laughs> in a way, in a way, are you saying that more than what attracts you to medicine, one should also look at uh whether they can bear the negatives, whether they can actually persevere through the hardships and whether they cut out to make those sacrifices that are required. Is that so? Yes, because it, definitely because it can get quite hectic. Of course, as a first year, I can't say as much as my like fourth or fifth years can say, but um, especially for the application process, that's what universities are looking for as well. I'll get into that later, but um, definitely, it's about uh, will you be able to endure it? Because you never know when you're in attending or when you're at that high position, will you be able to uh, suddenly middle of the night you call? Can you? Right. There's all of that. Right. Um okay, so now that you decided to study medicine, uh why did you decide to study in Scotland or the UK? And how is yeah. it there better or worse for those who want to study medicine? Or when you did your research, uh was there yeah. a country system that you liked more and perhaps why? so when i was applying for uh medicine specifically because of course i applied for other subjects as well um specifically when i was applying for medicine i remember the see the country the reason why i chose uk actually scotland i didn't want to be that specific um uk specifically i wanted to do because they let you do it at an undergraduate level and i sort of have this impatient thing where I couldn't have done pre-med. Um the thing is uh so see when we're applying for medicine there's the several options that we have right you can apply to the US you can do your pre-med USMLE and then you can do uh graduate level medicine you can do graduate level medicine in the UK as well by the way because uh, I think it's a little unknown or like not said enough often back but you can do graduate level medicine in the UK and it's all it's more competitive than undergraduate level but it's also really good um <clears throat> because our school does it as well so you can do US you can do UK Ireland um Australia India but if it needs to give need and I think people doing IB would have a bit of you know irregular diploma thing so the, like these are usually the and even Singapore but I think Singapore is really really difficult to get into and you have to be a, there's a whole citizenship thing so 
there are these options that I think normally that these are introduced to us I think so from this I think you <coughs> sorry UK I went for because um it was it's undergraduate level and I felt like I once I it, it was the first one I saw and I thought I I should try because UCAT is also one of the more common ones so the thing one advantage is going for the more common options is that there are more people have done it so you know you have more people to ask about it you have more people to give you advice about it so i thought rather i i would rather go for the ones that have been tried and tested i want to play safe there considering i already decided last minute that was my that was my mistake but um trying for the uk because that's that's a big thing as well so i um uh giving you cat and everything when you go, when we went to the seminars as well they the first thing they would say is um it was primarily uk or us universities and the uk university and i don't think i came across many from other countries like ireland as well we i we haven't come across too many so uk universities were sort of became a priority in that way uh and from i'm going to be very honest here from the ones i applied to the, i went to st andrews because that's the one place where i was accepted um i got uh, otherwise for others they all switched their office to biomed so st andrews was quite it was like the only one that i was hoping for because uh, st andrews they do this thing where they look at your personal statement first and then they rank you instead of looking at your ucat score first so because i knew my ucat score wasn't my biggest um it wasn't my strongest point but it was i i got a decent score but it wasn't the the 3300 type i wasn't uh, i wasn't the top of i wasn't the whole cream of the uh, batch right so i had to we tried to apply to places where they looked at your personal statement more because i had done more in that sense so <coughs> um that way st andrews that's that's one strategic thing that we did so st andrews that way i chose also it's a uh place wise i would say i also love the fact that it's a small town i myself i'm not very good i'm not that i know i grew up in a city but i'm not that much of a city person like i don't know what if i were to go outside i wouldn't have much to do i prefer a quiet small town it's it's a preference of my own so st andrews i think that's why primarily i chose so i would say um because i know uh so i have limited knowledge of universities otherwise not that limited but it's a bit limited because i didn't spend too much time like for ireland we sent over an application but um i didn't it, it was it's it's not an online application to ireland it was a written application to ireland so for that it was a bit um like you there was not much of follow up and all of that so in australia i didn't apply actually so that's why it's a bit limited but i'll try my best so the pros and cons wise i think i would know for us because i heard a lot about us applications i think the pros is that uh us makes you do pre med and i think the benefit of that is that um you don't decide it's it's a big decision whether you want to do, get into medicine or not. it's a big investment actually so it's a good thing that they make you do pre med so you have the time to decide before you get into something that you know serious or you know that big investment uh, i think for uk i personally i really like the fact that it gets lets you get just start at an undergraduate level that's personally for me i i just like that because i was once i decided i was pretty decided i was pretty sure about it so you know there's that <laughs>
pros and cons okay um so um how do we best prepare our application for med schools okay so one thing is this really depends on where you're applying and not only country wise but also um university uh, like okay i'll speak of the uk because that's where i did more um in the uk which exact university you're applying to because some admission teams they'll tell you also uh that they they don't read your personal statement so in a place like that if you put a lot of effort into your personal statement but like if i were to apply to a place where they looked at un- grades very strongly but not so much in my personal statement i wouldn't get in because my strength was in my personal statement so you know you need to think according to where your strengths really are you can't uh it you need to be a little you know honest with yourself about that and <clears throat> accordingly you got to do So I think if you wanted to best apply actually there's a book that I still have I'm so happy I still kept this this book I wanted to endorse you this book called the unofficial guide to getting into medical school I think it's really sweet because it has a mirror here so that when you see yourself you're the doctor I think that's really kind oh my gosh um, that is book. it really is uh, yeah it's a friend recommended it to me and I got it and it's really cute should be more it's really um helpful because it kind of breaks down how to write a personal statement uh, it breaks down the entire process but uh starting with the personal statement breaks down how to write a personal statement um in the way you would learn anatomy it says this is the heart this is the brain this is the so it's oh, really that's what i meant it's cute it kind of caters to your interest because you're a medical student who are no anatomy so and otherwise also the kind of examples they give and they it's like a it's even like a little workbook because it has these parts where it's like you know you read like a bunch of excerpts of um like the moment people cuz you kind of um start off your personal statement with you know the moment you realize you want to get into medical school so uh they explain that and then there is like a certain excerpts like you know people doctors or medical students who are like, yeah you can use my personal statement as an example um so excerpts of people's personal statements of kids who have already gotten medical school and then at the end it's like what do you think was your moment so you know it, it kind of helps you piece it together as well i think it's a really helpful book i still have it I, i'm um i would love to give it to someone but no one's asked me for it yet I don't think I advertise I'll be either. The first so. one, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it's a lovely book. I don't think it's that expensive either. It's pretty. It's nice. You can get it at the. What's that called? The book repository. It's called that. It's nice. Get it. I'm. I don't know if they have a new version or still this. Since I mean, this is not that old. But yeah, there's that. Uh, so <clears throat> now that I have done this shameless, I don't know. I, I didn't even write this book. <clears throat> getting into how to best prepare uh your personal statement of course depends on which uni but um essentially the personal statement you need to show how dedicated you are to and how dedicated you are how disciplined you are and how you are willing to stick to the course if someone is uh if you come across like if you're at a placement because 
placements were I don't know about other medical schools but our placements started in first year itself our placements were supposed to start we couldn't go because of covid but second year itself say placements start pretty regularly every two weeks you have a placement you go to the gp and you know you're with the gp and you, you know you do your thing so if someone's rude to you based on anything be it right or wrong or you know a professor's rude to you you think the pressure is too much and you can't take it they need to understand that you're not going to quit they need to understand your will power and your interest together there are so much that you're not going to quit that's the purpose of a personal statement they want yes they want to see your other qualities they want to see your leadership qualities they definitely want to see if you have the qualities listed in the gmc guidelines this i don't know how common knowledge this is but listing not listing but like including like qualities of a doctor as per the gmc guidelines if you put it in your personal statement it's a good thing cuz that's what they're looking for um and if you believe in nhs score values it's brilliant uh so all, including all of that in your personal statement is a pretty good thing but you know essentially they want personal statement is sort of if they're going to read it especially is <laughs> it's like a medium by which they sort of understand that your personality was meant to be a doctor or not so personal statement wise it's that um job shadowing clubs societies all of that are important of course they're important if you um if you've job shadowed then you would know the realities and you know it's not like you're going in jaded like no one like medical schools don't like wouldn't want to get someone who thinks that i'm going to be a doctor to save lives because sometimes you won't sometimes it's really painful that you're not and they want to know if you know that because if they get someone who's jaded they don't want the responsibility of kind of breaking that uh, you know bubble so if of course it's it's brilliant if you do job shadowing but like do it once that's it that's enough you don't need to do a lot of it clubs and societies uh here i would like to introduce i don't know if this is a known fact but we went to a uca ucas seminar where we learned about this and i don't know how how common knowledge this is uh there's something called extracurricular or co-curricular activities and there's supercurricular activities extra is your badminton or i don't know martial arts piano violin singing um all of that actual extracurriculars that does not involve academics supercurriculars is the extra things you do outside of your academics which are still academics uk loves supercurriculars so it's the more you list those they love that <laughs> they they do want to see your teamwork because eventually you have to work as a team but uh they love supercurriculars they if you you play piano badminton everything they'll say great but did you do the olympics did you you know do the extra essay writing did you do the extra this extra that what extra you know did you extra research paper if you could on i think at this and now there are ways in universities are even letting high school students do that i think i was seeing that a little bit as well so uh, and there's programs to do that so it's um the university you're going to you need to see what they want from you because I know when we're applying we're thinking oh how do I get in but I think it's more helpful to think in the sense of if I was an admissions guy girl female non uh what how why would I 
how what what would make a you know personal statement or what would make an application as a whole more attractive like who would i want in my university um i think if you write according to that how you are an asset to them i think this was said to by someone else at another webinar and i thought that was extremely smart and i always repeat that um Basundara said it at one of the seminars held by the Med Club at our time. I think uh, she was she said that um, how you are an asset to the university itself. That's that's a bigger benefit, I think, than if you if you talk about how good you are. I think they would rather want how would you benefit them, and they also they also would want to know if. Uh, like the dedication part i mentioned they also want to see the proof that you're not a quitter and that you you were able to work that hard like you're able to um basically you won't crumble under pressure you won't quit they just they want to make sure you're not a quitter i mean of course at this stage it feels i i i completely understand how it feels uh when, before you're applying you're like if i got into medical school i wouldn't quit i would do anything but quit but like there's people who still do there's people um because it's the, and even if they do it's all right it's just that when you're applying medical schools don't want to have, you know they don't want to they want to make sure that the people they are letting in won't quit that's their primary thing essentially you get i think is one of the most important things they get Mm-hmm. Um I I don't I think I was read I don't know if it still applies to your batch but the one above you guys um the one that had just graduated I think it they've continued the trend otherwise I remember reading because the uh, IGCSEs and IV they weren't they, they're not too keen on that even though IGCSEs anyways a Cambridge based board they're not too keen on it rather they're increasing their focus on your UCAT scores because that is UK's that is their way of judging how well suited you are for medicine be mad i haven't given so i cannot <laughs> speak much of it um but i can speak of ucat because i did do that so basically for ucat um you know of course you've done it so uh, you, the, you must have practiced and you you may have done it as well i'm not sure so sorry the time i did i did, I did practice <laughs> so you know the uh, i think there's four to five you've got your, your the different sections and they test for different things and admissions teams know what they test for also sorry this is a little bit off but before i forget when uh, i don't know how common this is how how much how known this is but uh, i remember my um when universities are looking at your ucat score they're looking at your average score they're not looking at um so you got 2800 they're not looking at that they're looking at 2800 divided by 4 or uh you know over they they're not, so you know it's it's uh, i think the general is if you get like for the average score if you get 650 and above or something i think you're good i think it's consider something like that um yeah i think that's their number like if you get 650 and above you get 670 and above they they think you're really well suited so in because they don't want to look at your full score because you know you could have done really really bad in abstract reasoning but you could have done really well in situate uh, not situation judgment your verbal uh, your vr your verbal reasoning so you know what they want to know is over the four were you balanced because if you did really bad in one it's going to pull your average down so they kind of have that thing they like looking at the average instead of looking at the full score i don't know how well known this is i just thought i'd say it um so yeah for you guys you guys it's really important i think it's 
that one thing i wish i could get my score up higher but um that is one aspect i would put a lot of emphasis on i think if you're in ib year 1 right now 10th grade right now i think because i think ib year 2 you would have already given it or you're preparing for it so you you know this i think the most important thing in my opinion would be really your ucat score because when it comes to your ib score that it your pg essentially matters more than your final because um even for your pg actually if you get 40 plus you're fine because that means that you're and for your hls if you're taking chemistry if you get 7 7 is much better than 6 um if you for your hls bio it's okay <laughs> like bio is important you need bio but um in the school i go to at my the section table of 6 itself there's two people i think who took physics instead of bio so they've not done bio for the two years before medical school so you don't um when it comes to pg chemistry is given it's given a lot of importance i'm still not sure why but they give a lot of importance to chemistry and get uh, and it base, if you get 40 plus essentially in your um pg you should be fine i think you you have a you've done good you've done a decent job uh, of course bmat universities would have you know the 44 45 expectation but um for ucat universities 40 plus is a it's a good way to go if you get higher good um but you know 40 plus or 40 itself is pretty good um because that's this is all to lead up to your interview when when you need after you get your interview um that's a whole different process and then after that it's just waiting till you get your conditional offer and then when it comes to conditions as well your conditions aren't going to be that high that you you know that there's a small chance you'll get it. like my condition to get in the same, like my condition to make my offer permanent was um all sixes and a 38 which i got in more than but i mean i would have been fine with a 39 uh with all sixes so it's not your final score and your ib score is important definitely but i think your ucat is extremely important because this is their way of judging and their way is far more important than what we think is you know you know i be how you know how difficult i be is of course we've been doing it it's draining but draining and wonderful but ucat is their way of knowing how well suited we are it's their way of sort of knowing can are we able to do this naturally so there's that you're saying that um <clears throat> most important part of our application is the ucat score however there are different universities that place emphasis on different things Exactly. Yeah, like for Saint Andrews, if my UCAP score was um, I don't know, like three thousand, but my in my personal statement it wasn't very good. I may not have been selected because you know they have different every, they have different priorities. I think getting your UCAP score to a good level, like above twenty eight hundred, would be a good way to go. On I think above or me, I think it's getting a bit more competitive year back onwards. So that's the higher you go, the better. But you know, twenty eight hundred, it's. Right. it's the it's i think it's good to have a good like a high ucat score in that sense and your sgt is important as well some universities like to rank according to sgt score so i think if you get one or two you're fine right one one is of course preferred but like one or two you're good right so um um so how so now that we spoke about ucat and how the ucat test is so so important um how how do you think 
we should prepare for the test? Are paid classes more helpful or uh, should we just self-study it? Uh, what do you suggest? What did you do? So for UCAD, actually, I, I had asked a lot of people and everyone who had a resounding unanimous the <laughs> vote for Medify. I'm sure you'll be using it. So Medify, I used pretty religiously. Also because I started late, I had to. Um, I was. I had to be pretty regular, pretty disciplined with it. So spending at least an hour or two on day or just on just on UCAT, like the practice, and then regularly doing the practice papers. Also, I think you have more practice papers now, and they have videos, right? And they have guides. So I would watch. I rem- I remember for breakfast, I would watch those. I would watch those videos for breakfast because those are like five minute videos but they'd, they'd explain like for abstract reasoning when you're doing abstract reasoning you generally feel like what the hell is this why am I doing this but you know those videos right because it's like abstract 55 questions 13 minutes are you are you kidding me but those videos would explain um, this is because when a patient comes to you and they have the kind of symptoms they present it's going to be in a haphazard manner are you going to be able to put it together and make a diagnosis so that's the point of abstract reasoning it's weird and verbal reasoning I remember they were saying when you're reading a long really long research paper be able to skim the text and not get bored and you know understand the important points so each section having their own purpose kind of gave me more reason to do it as well I mean if I mean, this is for if anyone works like that so you know anything everything Medify give you, gives you access to once you pay for it read it watch it do it like I would I just the, the practice sessions the test sessions the whole papers I think doing them is a Medify would definitely be the way to go the paid tuition classes so initially I was a bit against going for the tuition classes because I thought UCAT is something when you go into the test center I don't know if you've given UCAT once already or not when you go into the test center they you have an isolated booth they literally you go in there there's a computer waiting for you there's a keyboard and there's a little erasable pad waiting for you along with headphones to, for silence and or earplugs your preference um, and there's a booth so I thought if you're going to give it you know that alone why would I go to a group class for it but um, I read about all the available classes and I thought I could try one so I didn't go to prep zone because I think I had a friend going there and uh, she said that you don't exactly need this so I didn't go to prep zone I think I don't know why I didn't have I because I heard about icon plus first so I think rather than going to prep zone I went to icon plus because I heard about it first as well rather than just my friend telling me not to that you know it wasn't too good again I haven't been there so I don't know some people might have found it really useful but I went to icon plus and they have this thing where um, they do a diagnostic test and then they recommend a class for you um, and basically what their class had was they, they have they, once you pay for it you have in a way unlimited access or what they call lifetime access to um, their tuition classes which happened once a month 
and uh, what they did was saturday and sunday 9 to 5 you have a very intensive very akash style tuition where they make you do and they go through the entire thing and the, i remember the night before this the friday night before this a lady actually came to our house and gave me a thick ucat prep book which was the only ucat prep book like physical book i used and that was i didn't do fully because it was an old ish one um and they gave me like papers so that one that i did and then you honestly you just need one class like you can go again if you want but you just need the one class i think it was saturday and sunday or just saturday but <clears throat> it was it's just that much so i went for that and i thought that was really good prep zone i think i suppose it could be good i can't speak much of prep zone i really never went for it and i never looked at it but paid class wise it really depends on if you usually if you if you think you thrive in that kind of scenario i i don't know i wouldn't fully recommend it because the materials they give were undoubtedly good and the advice also they gave was very good but it really depends on you i think if you if you really want to go for it go ahead i think i would recommend icon plus they were really good i think the teachers the the one teacher i had for the two days he was pretty good right. and they give shortcuts and everything as well on how to do like the, for the math section which i can't remember any of now otherwise i would have happily given um they give shortcuts when for the math section like you know how to hurry up and access the calculator oh and um the most important thing flagging questions and learning how to use keyboard shortcuts i think that's really important in you guys sorry it's just coming out as much as i can that's good oh my gosh well i never flag questions it's just i don't know i just don't do it it's weird for me i understand cuz you think it's in this order let me just do it but no flag you don't understand flag it forget about it at the end when you see oh this many are there go back to it i mean for v for verbal reasoning it can be a bit difficult because you know you just read this passage you want to finish it but for others at least flag all the way you don't you read it you don't understand just flag it mm-hmm. right so um okay what what was the most difficult part of the application process uh i think for me the most difficult part of the application process um is probably starting late um uh, that's not very good advice um uh i think i should have because in ibr one beginning i decided i wanted to do medicine that's not the right time because so far my igcses were done and um i think if for people who wanted to do medicine they start from 8th and 9th this is what i've heard i don't know how true this is but this is what i've heard and <laughs> i thought it was pretty late but i wanted to try anyway and i think for ucat also i think people were very knowledgeable in my i remember by the time i was interested a lot of people were already aware of all the things you had to do so i think one of the most difficult parts was starting late otherwise just catching up with ucat honestly i didn't like giving ucat i preferred giving bmat because it was science based and i was used to it but um i could never go to a bmat university i couldn't go to a london university um it's it's rather difficult so uh i think ucat would be one of the more difficult parts um so now let's go to the interview part so uh, how do we prepare for the interviews how did you prepare and do you have any tips on improving confidence etc 
Okay, so for the interview, I actually um, I found this account on Instagram. Uh, her the account name is the multilingual medic. She was my big help actually, mm-hmm. because she uh, she does this thing where uh, basically you can she has her website link and everything on her Instagram uh, thing, or you can look her up. Um, and she like after the session because she's on Instagram, you can ask her as many questions as you want. And she, she I remember she was telling me that after I came to med school, I was uh, talking to her about it, and she was telling me how she feels it's a very important part of you know tutoring or you know training kids for interviews because even after like a session with someone, you're gonna have a lot of questions like that you may not have remembered while you were having the session with her so i would recommend her she's a bit on the pricey side but she's good i had two sessions with her in fact i'm not i'm not i'm allowed to say it now the cycles are over one of the things one of the things she trained me for that exact well the style of question uh, and she told me how to answer it all so that kind of question had come in my interview as well so and i had that session with her just the day before the interview so def- i mean if not for the answer i think i felt definitely more confident because she's very sweet she's very interactive she'll tell you how to structure things she's um at, uh, at the moment she's uh, an fy doctor fy1 but at the time i was in um doing ib she was like in her last years of medical school so i would recommend her i i took a lot of her help um before my interview i read the gmc guidelines a little bit it was like a little run through because that is the kind of doctor they want you to be that is the kind of values they want you to have and the the kind of values they want you to believe in so you know i read the not the whole thing it's a very long document but a little bit and i looked up gmc summary a lot um because you know that's not going to read the whole thing i'm lazy myself so you know about that also uh uh i think it's the medic portal that yeah. was also of great help because if i'm not wrong they are the ones that have on their page they have a section where they have possible interview questions per uni- uh, according to university like listed according to university but not for all universities um and the common mistakes people make and the right way to answer them so i went through that because they had one for st andrews if i'm not wrong they have one for newcastle also but i don't remember all the universities i and um they also have this option where you can sign up with them to kind of tutor i wouldn't say tutor but it's it's like tutor so you, they kind of match you up with a doctor or a medical student and they help you prepare for the interview so uh i don't know if every university does this but in my um interview letter essentially when they say oh we would like to call you for an interview they you know, the st andrews they had written um like vaguely they'd given a vague idea of what they would be asking for um the interview so uh for me, uh, so because i had that i would like give it to the medic portal or i would give it to the multilingual medic and they would accordingly they would prepare questions and they would ask me and if i didn't answer properly or if i blabbered then you know they would help me structure my answers because 
an important part of interview is also you know structuring your answers properly so yes for interview there was all of that i did not use any books i did get a book but that book was meant for like graduate level entry or something it was like no at this level you don't need books it's because interviews is the medical school's way of knowing whether the person who wrote the personal statement is really you right they also want to they, and also it's more it's much better to kind of gauge someone's personality in person so they just want to get a feel of your personality it's nothing it's it, of course it's a big deal getting into the interview stage it's a very good thing but it's not something i would buy a book for. like i didn't it's not you don't need a book i think if you get these people it's it's great that way So could you give an example of a question they asked? Is it more academic or so you said that they no. got your personality uh, a lot, but I've also hmm. heard that UK interviews are very academic. So how does that work? <laughs> so <laughs> in my interview I think they asked me of course they asked me why do you want to be a doctor. Um but apart from that also uh they could ask you what makes you think you make a good doctor. Um or what makes you think or you're a good pick for the university what qualities do you have or ah my favorite guy oh, they'll do role play sometimes and the role play is not necessarily you're in the er what do you do my role play question which i'm hoping i'm allowed to say now is um was a bullying situation um so it's not it's they wanted to see how maturely you can handle workplace conflict probably uh huh but essentially they can give you role play otherwise one of their favorites is they have a whole station for this um there's you've just one uh, kidney transplant you just have one kidney um 55 year old then you have a personal friend there's a 5 year old who do you give it to you can never make in, the, in those kind of situations you can never make a decision but you can explain your reasoning so you know those are the kind of questions and these people they actually prepare questions like that for you and then they help you answer them also so i think that's very helpful person opinion i think i, I really like that wow okay well wow, that's a lot deeper than i thought like i genuinely thought they'd ask you about like organic chem or something <laughs> <laughs> again i'm not too sure but i've heard bmat university they ask you science questions so if we have if you get cambridge or oxford can or imperial candidates maybe they can enlighten you on that but you get universities won't do that Okay, okay. So when I looked at the St Andrews website, it said that the medicine course is a BSc of 3 years. So how does that work? So I think it's totally the course we're looking I'm looking at is a 6 year course with the intercalation of a research degree. But the thing is, St Andrews is a small place. It's a small town. When I said uh, it's a pretty small town. So they don't have a massive hospital like you know Changi General or something nearby we have a community hospital only it's just, it's generally like a village so what they do is basically you spend 3 years in St Andrews and you graduate from there uh with what they call BSc in medical sciences they say that that's a namesake because at the moment I do the section I mean that's how I learn anatomy I've had patient interactions so it's nothing short of what you would i would be doing in say kings or anything kings or you know leeds or birmingham so it it's nothing short of that but it's 3 years there and then what they have is they have partner universities they've been doing this for like over 100 years uh so what they do is 
um they have different pathways i'm an international student so i don't get to pick uh what i they do for me international student is that you have 3 years in st andrews and then you finish they call that your pre clinical years and then your clinical years is in manchester that's where you finish it and you, so you have two degrees at the end so you know that the degree for medicine in um uk it's called mbchb right so at the end of the 3 years in st andrews i get the bsc in medical sciences then at the end of 3 years in um manchester i get mbchp it has the exact same value as any other mbchp and the thing is uh st and this is something i didn't know until after i got in um what they base what st andrews is basically doing is the anatomy the physiology and the pharmacology and all the extra like genetics and whatnot you learn over 5 years or over 6 years in a normal unit like say Cambridge or Manchester itself you learn over 5 years they squish it down and you learn it in 2 and a half years so essentially at, at the end of 2 and a half years you have all the theoretical knowledge of medicine before you go to Manchester or for others they have other options like Edinburgh or Dundee and all of that but um essentially two and a half years you learn everything and then you do your um, we have placements as well it's not like we don't have placements but uh because it's you spent three years there and they can't just leave you without you know a degree and and they can't keep you saying you're doing medicine but you don't graduate with a degree and you don't stay there six years uh you enter into the course um it's it's a bit tricky that's the thing so you enter into the course and you graduate but it's you've been learning medicine all this time it's just a name the bsc is just a namesake but nothing it's nothing complicated it's not a scam of any kind it's been done for literally over 100 years because they have a medical society that was founded in 1915 so it's been done for a very very long time it's not a scam and it's pretty lovely people actually <coughs> It's not known outside the UK, but if you go inside the UK, St Andrews has the same standard as Cambridge or Oxford. Uh, in fact, this the Sunday Times and I think the Good University Guide this year they rated University of St Andrews as above uh, Cambridge and Oxford. So in UK they have a very they have a very good reputation, but outside UK because it's a small town and you know QS rankings. goes according to how many universities and how many publications it doesn't come up in qs very well but it comes up in the uk it comes up in student surveys and all of that right so is there a possibility that like you don't get your mbchp like is there a possibility that if you're in that for the 3 years and you just don't get a placement in manchester mm-hmm. um if i'm a bad student if i fail then they won't give it to me But That's if you way. do fine, then you'll sure sure get. <clears throat> yeah, no. See, so the thing is, they, you know how IB is out of seven, everything's out of seven. Here it's out of twenty, <clears throat> like the point system. So if I, uh, for them, a pass actually a pass is seven out of twenty, and to do <clears throat> average is to get eleven out of twenty or more. So if you go through your three years here, getting eleven or twelve out of twenty, you still have a place in Manchester, and you're fine. So it's it's like that. I mean, you get your degree. It'll still co- it'll come in your degree though that you didn't do that well. Like they have degree classifications. It's a 
you get into all that but you will still go to manchester there's no scenario except for you know you failing a failing uh, or you know academic misconduct or they oh this is a big thing if um after a while you need to start following rules such as um you cannot be posting pictures of you i mean i'm sure this is not a problem for you specifically but uh you cannot be posting pictures of you drinking or you know doing drugs or anything like that on instagram stories or anything that's too public in case patients see then they start losing trust on you as a doctor so if if they find you guilty of something like that or misbehavior if you you know some people they lose control when they're drunk and um if you go and you be outside a restaurant or something bad like that and they catch you especially if they catch you not just if they catch you especially if they catch you that's a huge red flag and i mean you will get kicked out of medical school for that so that's one way you don't get into manchester so it's i think one way to summarize all of that would be you don't go to manchester if you i mean for like normal things med schools kick you out for mm. Right. So yes, it's 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 like that. But yeah, that's that's why Saint Andrew they they've written it off like that. But it's no, it's a good school. It's a very good school. <laughs> yes. All right. So um, now we all know that medical school is known to be super stressful. A lo- there's a lot of workload. So how do you deal with the workload and the stress? And do you have a support system? And if so, how did you develop it? So the workload in stress honestly it's uh it's there but I think dealing with it I think it it comes from taking breaks like going out by going out I mean like going on trips kind of breaks that's my personal preference so um what I noticed was that <clears throat> the more i went out on breaks the more i went out to visit places like cuz they give you tiny breaks they give you um every 5 weeks every 5 weeks they give you um a week long like reading week kind of break or they give you the, that that's a kind of break they give you um i mean at least in our school they do uh during that instead of spending the whole week studying or the whole 3 weeks studying if i went out for 3 4 days 3 days for two days out of it i saw a big improvement in my grades like that like going out and forgetting your studies completely for three days does a big favor because you you don't realize the importance of just absorbing nothing <laughs> for, for some time until you do it and then when you come back you genuinely feel refreshed like i don't think i'd ever did that in my way um but doing it here helped like i think the workload is so much that you can't really you can't do it in a stretch like that so i think taking breaks and i went on i went on trips with my friends i went to inverness and i went to edinburgh with my friends and i think that did a great deal others i think they go out at night like clubs and everything and that's their way of doing it which i think to each their own it's like they like doing that and that's a way of you know getting rid of stress on a daily basis and i think that's wonderful i uh if not you know the trips because you might always take a trip like that um i otherwise i would go for i i wouldn't say long walks because i'm i'm lazy myself i would go for 
tiny walk just to see a sunset and then back right like straight back otherwise i think meals with friends was good enough because they wouldn't let me study while eating otherwise i would have done that <laughs> so uh like that or we used to do movie nights movie nights help or you know sometimes giving yourself a break like i think when we had our midterms midterms meaning just one mcq in one day so what i would do is that day after the exam don't, just don't study even though next day you have classes again just don't study or like not feeling guilty for not studying that one day because you know it's like how you already know that if studying everything in one day isn't going to make you smarter not studying anything for one day isn't going to make you dumber either just accepting that fact is great health because that's another way to stress relief because one day if you don't feel like doing anything and you have been doing quite a lot for the week not even for weeks just for the week you've been doing quite a lot one day you don't want to do anything it's fine just don't it's okay nothing is going to happen in a day so not everything then just go one day restrict yourself so i primarily did that wow okay <laughs> taking breaks is very very important so time to recharge so grinding all the time day to night 24/7 is- don't do that it's not recommended also i mean i think uh, one of the we have personal tutors it's a member of staff that's assigned to you i think when you and i have things with my personal tutor after my exam he would constantly emphasize on just taking a break because that's one thing uh they have in their culture quite a bit they very much emphasize on taking a break when you need it like don't half don't like you know that if you half study it's not good like the, um personally i am not very good with listening to music and studying because then i'll start singing myself so it's like i call that half studying so just like how you know half studying won't work half taking a break also won't work you can't be sitting outside in the sun and you're thinking when you're stressed about your exam or you're stressed about your next class like that's not going that's not taking a break either that's wasting time that's really wasting time because you think you're resigning the time to a break but you're taking stress so i think that distinction is well very important right so basically when you're doing something focus on that whether it's a yeah. break or whether it's your study yeah too many rules okay okay that makes sense so i think i think this this like the support system i would genuinely say is the friends i had at uni and the thing is i think i got a bit lucky here because you uh our accommodation is such that it get it's a randomly selected so you're like you randomly get a flat and you randomly get four flatmates along with it so i just happened to get four absolutely lovely flatmates who um i get along with really well uh so we so that sort of luck depends up to my support system i guess so um lastly is there anything you would have done differently in your whole journey be it your decision your application getting in like is there something that you wish you could go back and change go back and change i think when i was in ib this is i think the habit we all have um we try to get into as many clubs as we can i think i would have tried to not do that a little bit <laughs> just wanted to do clubs not all um because of course i love being a part of all clubs um but i think it's not necessary to be a part of everything you can't do everything at the same time and i know at the time it makes it it's like oh, you won't understand i have to do this but it's like 
you don't necessarily have to do that it's not they're not looking for it they don't expect it out of you they like but for example leadership i don't like doing it but i thought if i hurry up and get myself involved in something or the other it would make sense and uh, i i'm still i think i'm still doing it so i think i did it in school and what i didn't realize was instead of doing several positions if i just did one big position and i used it as an example in my personal statement because as it is it doesn't have that much space i'm not going to be able to write about if i have 20 positions i'm not going to be able to write about it and i'm going to learn the same almost the same thing from every position so just do one instead of doing 50 so do 50 but i'm bad at time management so <laughs> it's it's like i wish i'd done just focused a little bit more on the academy i think gas was a bit i i think it's a new concept was so i think i ran behind it and i think if i would have just calmed down on that aspect not had to jump into every club i think that would have been a bit nicer but you know it's it's even doing it was fun so it's you know fun it <laughs> like quality over quantity uh like pick a few and make yes. everything out of it i think yeah so even about the breaks like the quality even yes. studying the quality yes absolutely right. i would i would yeah. i mean for breaks also i think if you've been studying for 3 hours don't give yourself a 5 minute break because you were studying for 3 hours Five minutes is not enough. Like I remember when we were much younger, like teachers or parents, you know, elders would tell us, take a five-minute break. Don't take a five-minute break. Take an hour break if you need it. But you know, take it because it's you've been studying three hours also. That's that was a lot, and it's like our attention span is so much and everything. So if you need an hour's break, take it. Honestly, yeah. definitely. So now to the main part. How is medical school actually like? So any myths busted? Anything? Well, um, yes, quite a few. So if you've ever seen the movie When I'm High and the VS, which I recently rewatched because I'm on break and I'm useless, um, it's nothing like that. Um, medical students love having fun. Like they, fun people. Um. very fun people and professors kind of promote this they they want you to have fun it's it's odd cuz <clears throat> we have a concept uh we have a concept called person tutors where in uh, i don't i don't know if i just said it but it's when a member of staff is allocated to you and my person tutor he is constantly on about of course grades aside they want you to have fun they want you to enjoy the course they they don't care for textbooks like i wasn't given a pile of textbooks when i worked when i was at all i wasn't given a pile of textbooks um there is a reading list which they say if you want you read but you know it's 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 quite free actually oddly enough um so there's that um and for your i mean this is at least for first year like they really they expect you to have fun they don't want you to you know be too they don't want you to get too consumed by the stress like even during our lectures they would constantly um, i mean at least the initial ones they would um constantly speak of stress relieving before even giving the stress and all the material they give us they sort of give it to us in a way that we don't get stressed and sometimes they make it very obvious that they don't want us to take stress for it because um they 
they'll they'll say they'll say that don't take stress for this though we won't ask about this or you know just or, or you know we have medical demonstrators who are essentially fy doctors who took a year off to teach and they try to make things easier for us so that we don't you know like spend hours reading i have never actually spent hours reading and i don't take notes in medical school either because honestly it's you do i don't i feel like i used to take notes and i feel like i've been doing better when i stopped taking notes because it's um if you watch youtubers like ali abdal it, it, it makes sense like there's nothing this everything that's there if you kind of keep asking yourself questions about and you keep testing yourself you do much better than you know writing notes over and over again so there's no need to take notes and i of course when i was watching these videos initially i thought you're wrong but he's not wrong he's right so there's that and another thing is i don't know if you know so lot but um for vacations um they expect you to take rest they don't give you they don't like i have been refreshing my timetable every other day and the lectures are not up the required reading recommended reading any reading is not up they don't want you to study at all and i have been emailing people initially i was now i've given up i've been emailing people asking them <laughs> when will the stuff be out because i'm getting bored and they're like end august last last two weeks of august and i'm in july and i'm and i'm well picking my nails cuz honestly i'm <laughs> not used to this you know cuz i know you're in ib and in ib when you're on break you're doing your e you're doing your i you're studying for your exams you've got your past papers you're doing so much you're doing your reflections for cas or not but you're doing so much but here they gave us a four month break and i'm doing nothing essentially i've been sleeping day in day out um my parents are confused on where they sent me <laughs> all that's going on um in fact our vacations wise um we have two semesters uh one that goes from september like the one the incoming one that will be going from september to december and one that goes from january to may ish um and essentially they they each last about 12 weeks and in, and after every 5 weeks you get a one week break and at the end of the 12 weeks you get three weeks in new exams so like they give you sufficient breaks they've quite a few vacations and um you know how we have winter and summer vacations in school right so um in this is not only medical school this is the university in general um i don't know if everyone does this again but for us they give one month off for the winter and four months off for the summer oh my so god so it's a special vacation it's um and it's really a vacation because they don't let you study they don't give you the they don't like i have the textbooks because i have a reading list but um and i know that if, like i have a vague idea of what they'll be teaching but like there's the lectures are not there they won't give you anything they really want you to take the break they want you to take it off also because um they say that this is the last time we're going to get such a long break um they want us to take the break so they're very they're very insistent on um essentially uh us getting this break so that's another myth that was busted and uh, i think this would be the last one 
I've had the sections to learn anatomy. Rest assured, you can get very hungry after a dissection. So it's the best thing possible if you have your little two-hour dissection before lunch. That's my preference. <laughs> it's the smell. It's not. It's it can be disgusting. Yes, I personally haven't gotten disgusted yet. I've just gotten hungry. I'm a vegetarian. I'm a strict vegetarian. I starve after. We all starve after the section. Not that many people faint. There's no blood oozing out of the body because everything's been drained. So there's never blood. It's not. It doesn't exactly get disgusting. The one thing you're going to spend a lot of time doing is removing fat. Like if you're studying the arm, you'll cut here. No, you won't cut there. You'll cut here, and then you'll pick here, and then you'll just start removing fat. That's what you're going to be doing a lot of the time, and then you'll see the structures. And at the end of two hours of removing fat, um, which by the way looks like block cheese, you you're very hungry. You're you're very hungry. I've told my mom this. Good to know. Busted by me. <laughs> that it's is that. Good to know. Oh, no one's getting disgusted here. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, one of our professors he um, said, with the level of competition medics have, I, oh, this is another thing. You think medical school is very competitive? Maybe it is uh, because we get decile rankings. But our school has designed it in a way that the only competition you have is with yourself. So they make it so that medical school is not competitive when you're in it. Um, So what they have is when you get your test results, it's they never make it so that the you didn't get a rank or a position because of someone else. You it's always you didn't get the rank or position. You the position you got is not by you know removing someone else from it. The position you got is because of the mark you got and how much you studied. It's all your effort, and you're always comparing yourself with yourself. You cannot compare yourself with others. They've made it so, and they do have the constant decile rankings because at the end of your five or six years, you uh, get your placements according to decile rankings. But you only get your decile rankings if you specifically ask for it. If you don't ask for it. they don't give it to you and yeah it's not competitive once you get into it um but we did have our professor once say relating to the dissection thing um considering the kind of scenarios like the disse- you deal with dead bodies you cut up dead bodies to learn that's your learning and how competitive you are to be a medic you you need to be like a psychopath is what our one of our professors said he's nice though he likes us i think there's that those were the myths <laughs> so i have that which you have to be a psychopath to be a doctor yeah that's what he said you medics are psychopaths is what is what he said great doctor he's a nice gp <laughs> <laughs> gp <laughs> empathy uh empathy hello empathy. <laughs> we all have empathy when it comes to the personal statement as yes. only the personal statement not when you go there but yeah that was that was all it thank you so much for being part of our special edition podcast today shiksha it was such a learning experience and it was so fun <laughs> to our listeners this is shiksha guru you can follow her at at 
it's shiksha.guru it's um with two h's um i'm pretty sure we'll attach it somewhere okay, so there. you can follow her on instagram we'll tag her account below yeah yeah any final words for our listeners yeah um honestly if you guys get into medical school or not just don't take it too seriously it's all right and if you do get in congratulations it's it's a great place if you don't get in also congratulations you have more wonderful things to do um don't take stress about it honestly it's looking in dead bodies is not that exciting it's fun but not that exciting so you know that's about it <laughs> thank you so much bye no i'm glad you got to learn from it bye bye thank you